Well, Talk Church, I'm excited because this is a fun episode. I've been talking about doing this for a while, and you've been on the podcast, Dad. Connor's been on the podcast a while ago. Mom, this is your first time. You've never invited me. Yeah. We needed to make sure we had some chaperones because in order for you to make sure you don't say things that get you in trouble. Wow. <laughs> but the goal of this conversation is hopefully helpful for a lot of people that are listening that do ministry with family. I get the question a lot on the road when we're traveling at accelerators or at conference. Yep. People just say, doing ministry with family, what is that like? How have you stayed sane? How have you enjoyed working together? Have there been challenges? And there's obviously different levels of it. I'd, there's growing up as PKs and how you raised us, mm-hmm. and we both are serving in the church. But then there's also being adults in ministry and working with your adult children and your adult parents. And, uh, yeah, it's there's a lot to talk about, and so we'll just see where the conversation goes. But I think that um, if we start from how you raised us, I think that would be a good starting point. And you guys matched in your, your plaid today did. for was, those who are watching. He always likes to copy me. <laughs> well, she gets dressed first, so I see what she's wearing, and then I, you know, copy it. Yeah. 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 So it may, maybe, Connor, you're, you introduce your role just for people, what you do here at the church for context, and then maybe just go back to when the church started from there. But Connor, kick us off, then Mom, and people I think know, Dad, what you do. Yeah. Uh, so I'm the discipleship pastor. So that means uh, everything, getting people plugged into groups, teams, men's ministry, women's ministry, all of our care and outreach. Uh, we joke that we work together the absolute least of anyone in the organization because you do hyper local and mine is hyper outside of the four walls. So we don't work together very much, but it, it's probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but weren't you guys saying the other day too, you said, I spend tons of ministry time with you and not a lot of casual time. Correct. And I spend more casual time with you and very little ministry tr- time. We, yeah. we were in the car talking about talking this at lunch and I said, yeah, like I just, every time I bring up anything like personal life, dad just wants to talk about work. And he's like, are you kidding? Anytime I bring up work, all dad wants to do is talk about personal, <laughs> but you just had Beckham and now he's celebrated his first birthday. And so, oh yeah. Yeah, so apple yeah. apple of your your eye. Yeah. Yes, and so Connor's my boss, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. It is. Is I, he a good I, boss? Yeah, I keep her accountable. He does. So I'm over women's ministry and um, kind of whatever Dad needs me to do. I travel with him sometimes, and yeah, I just love being a part of everything about the church. So and we we always mention our lead pastors, but we talked about this the other day that you you kind of see yourself as lead pastors together, but you wouldn't see yourself necessarily as a lead pastor separate. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never been like kind of the co-pastor title for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I don't know why, but cause I just feel like we are the lead pastors, but separately I'm a pastor. But yeah, that is interesting. Cause you, you use pastor Becca and then you say we're the lead pastors but then you don't say co-pastor and you never are like, hey, hey, the pastor's here. You're, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. You, you move it back and forth in that. No, yeah. I think that's the way we live it out. And some yeah. people are like too strong and yeah. they say like both of us are equal and we're, it's not like that. It, but yet you'd say we're lead pastors. And I would say you helped start the church just as much as I did. I was out in front, but you were doing everything behind the scenes, making this church work. Yeah, and everybody's different. I mean, I just, I don't feel, even though I guess we kind of, we're the lead pastors, I don't feel like I'm the co-lead pastor. Right, right, totally. That's just, I think that's just more my personality too. Absolutely. When when we were born, 
you, you started the church. I wasn't born yet when the church started. Connor was, what, two? Two. two. Yeah. And then I came along the next year, and you, you were very intentional in raising pastor kids. Was that because you saw other pastors' kids that were not walking with the Lord? or what? Like, was there a reason for all the intentionality? Because you've taught conference sessions, and we'll get into some of that yeah. in a moment, but about how intentional you were with Connor and me. But was it because of other things you saw, or was it just you You always, I mean, you're intentional about a lot of things. Yeah, but it was uh, seeing kids that didn't do well in ministry, and I was like, I wonder why they didn't do well in ministry. So I tried to study and just pay attention. And then being a youth pastor, I had been a youth pastor for years and I saw kids that were rejecting their parents' faith. And so I watched that and I was like, okay, there's a lot of things that we're gonna do to make sure that it's their faith and that they own it. And I was always asking advice, like even you referenced Beckham being born. One of my things for the year was find, have three conversations with grandpas about how to be a great grandpa to a, a grandchild. Like, I was like, I'm going to learn from people that have done it. So I was like, let's look at people whose kids turned out. Let's talk to people where their kids didn't turn out the way they thought and what happened and then gather that. So it helped me to be intentional. And I never came at it from that angle as much as, because I didn't grow up in ministry, but I think it was just wanting to be parents that had integrity and that were the same everywhere they went. Like, and I just felt like that consistency would be the best thing for my kids to see is, you know, we're the same people. We're not putting on a facade or we're not right. um, trying to be somebody that we're not, but just wanted you to see a, an authentic person. What were some of the things that you did when we were younger that to kind of protect us, but also make us love? I mean, I don't remember a ton of it. I know we didn't play a ton of traveling sports. We weren't super involved in that. I remember church wasn't really optional, but also I, I don't really remember many fights about going to church. Again, I don't know if you can think of things, mm -hmm. but how did how did you manage even the weight of, of the responsibility that we have to go and you have to go? Was there any tension with that? And again, it's hard for me to think like... No, you guys loved going to church. We'd, yeah. we'd be like, okay, you don't have to go to church today because you were there yesterday. You're like, we want to go. And we're like, okay, well, you already heard the kids lesson from last night. And you're like, we want to hear it again. And next thing you know, you're serving, you're leading, and we're watching this and you guys were always leaning into it. But um, I think one thing we always tried to not to do was we never talked bad about the church. Right in front of you guys. I think that's huge. So if we had something going on, whether it was, you know, with the elders or with somebody in the church or whatever, we would out, we had a screen porch. And so we would always go out onto the screen porch and talk about whatever we needed to and then come back in. We didn't want you guys feeling like the church was You didn't have to carry bad. that weight. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then there's a staff member you're struggling with. And as a kid, then you're like, "Ooh, I don't like that person. We right. should hate that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember like, you know how parents would spell things out like we're going to go to M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D-S, you know, and then after a while, the kids are like McDonald's, you know, and you're pretending or you're trying to talk in code. And one time, Connor, you said, sometimes I pretend not to be listening but I am. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. Even when we're talking in code, he's like yeah. paying attention. I was like, we've got to be deliberate to not talk bad about the church. So that was one thing we did. And then we made church fun. I mean, and I was like, you have to go to one and then you can serve at one or you can just play games. You can go to my office. You can do whatever. And you loved it. And, and 
do you guys remember even like winning all the visitor contests? Like you'd invite all the visitors and you'd oh, yeah. win every prize. Well, it was, I, it was really only once or twice. Well, but it was legit. It wasn't. No, it was, yeah, it was, it was legitimate. people from like, the neighborhood. We did like we brought the most kids and yeah, we won the gift card. Yeah, but then after a while, we were like, you guys can't win. You anymore. can't win every time. <laughs> like, so there was a no there fair. was the the, it, the bad years where we were blacklisted from every. Bad Prize years, event. it like, continues on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's ever been lifted. No, no. No, but we tried to have fun. We tried to have fun at church and let you enjoy it. And uh, I don't know. I think I'll go back to even when my dad was part of the church, my mom and dad, and we were having a family get-together, and he said, hey, when we're here, Rob and Becca are just family. They're not Pastor Rob and Becca. Like, they're just family. Like, it's okay if they argue, if we— you know, do if he burps, you're not gonna be like, I can't believe a pastor burped. You know, like it's like we're family. I mean, he, but he said that, and he said when we're at church, he's Pastor Rob, and when he's here, he's Rob. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna make sure that you guys just get to be kids. And people would be like, I can't believe as a pastor's kid you'd let him. And so we were like, wait, that's just a kid issue, not a pastor's kid issue, right? Just a kid issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as we've grown as adults, and I want Connor and I to speak to this a little bit later, but it's become harder as we're adults in ministry together to put church on the back burner, right? Because as kids, it's like, all right, let them be kids. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our thing. But now working together in ministry, it's there's always something to talk about. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but going back to some of those monumental moments as kids, there were mm-hmm. there were different points where – you, you put these mile markers almost in our life to where you let us have stake in it. But talk about some of those things, and then maybe we can share some memories. Yeah, I want to hear that. from you guys, too, because mm-hmm. we, we, we said we're going to do something once a quarter that wasn't that big. So we said but once— But just because ministry can get so busy and, you know, we again, we want you to have a positive experience with ministry and not like, oh, Dad's always gone— because he's busy, we'd be like, let's put something on the calendar, on the calendar every quarter for us to just do as a family. Mm-hmm. So that and if, it wasn't expensive. No, but if it was we a super busy season and you weren't seeing dad a lot, you would know, hey, in a couple months, we know we're going to, you know, this go swimming at a pool or go visit grandma, grandpa or just whatever. But we'd have that time as a family. So it was something to look forward to. Yeah. And I remember when we were getting ready to go to Disney World, which, by the way, it's I, I'm having all these flashback thoughts of we we're saving up for Disney World. Like it, we did a like a three year savings plan <laughs> to take you guys to Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, we we didn't have two nickels to rub together, and we're like, okay, it's going to take three years to save for this. You should have started me an IRA. I'd be way richer. You would be. You would be, and then you'd be taking us to Buy Disney. Apple stock. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so Buy we Disney d- stock. We do this, and as we're getting ready to go, you're at, you ask at dinner to Grandma, you said, if somebody dies when we're at Disney, do we have to leave? And do you remember what she said to you? Yeah, she said, now nah, we'll put them in the freezer and wait till we get back. <laughs> Why? It's because we had a lot of funerals that, that interrupted vacations. That was two years prior on each vacation, someone died and I we know. had to come back for yeah. vacation. But it was so funny, like, for my mom to say, no, if somebody dies in church, we're going to put them in the freezer while you're at Disney and wait till you get home. And I'm like, only a preacher's kid is going to hear that. <laughs> only a preacher's kid. We're going to ask that. But yeah. we said, once a quarter, we're going to have something fun for you to look forward to. Um and then we had milestones that we said we want to celebrate. And I don't know where I got these ideas from, which back up for a second. We prayed 31 virtues over you, and it's even in my uh, devotion journal right now, 31 virtues that I pray over our family. I pray them over you, 
both of your wives. I pray over Beckham. I pray over us. And so we would pray those things over you and we would speak prophetically really about you. Uh, people would say like, preacher's kids are like Hophni and Phineas. Those kids were terrible. And I'd say, no, our kids will be like John the Baptist. He was a preacher's kid and he fulfilled his destiny. Mm -hmm. And so we'd pray over you and we'd speak over we'd, your life. We'd you get know. beheaded. <laughs> not beheaded. No. Everything but Fulfill the beheading. everything except you know. for that part. Yeah. And so we'd do that. And then we'd have milestones. And when they turned 10, what did we do? Yeah. For 10, for their double-digit birthday, they got to pick where they were, wanted us to go as a family. And it couldn't be like, like far. Disney it had World. to be driving distance. Yeah, driving you distance. Pick? So uh, Wisconsin Dells. Yes. Yep. He picked Wisconsin Dells. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like water park for those people who don't. Yeah, that don't you know. know. It's, yeah. Water it was park capital of America. More yeah. expensive than Disney. It's it crazy. would have been cheaper really? to go to Disney. Well, probably would have been about the same. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then uh, where did you pick for your double-digit? Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, yep. and we all we stayed at this hotel, the Buffalo Gap Ranch. Oh my yep, it is infamous in our family infamous. because yes. we went there, and it was probably a hundred degrees. With her mom and dad. Yeah, with grandma and grandpa. Was grandma, it? Grandpa we were Larson. all in the same room, and yeah. and it was and like a hundred degrees. Yes, and when you went in, the heater was turned on. No, well, no, that, that was, was that Yellowstone. was Yellowstone. What? Buffalo, Buffalo Gap Branch. Yeah, that yeah. was that, that was, was the luxury. Two, See, the I'm, two, I'm thinking of this one though, where we walked in and the, 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 the was furnace that was, was at Yellowstone. Yeah, the that was at Yellowstone. So we Buffalo Gap Branch yeah. was two queen size beds and a bunk bed. Oh, the Buffalo Gap grand, was like the motel looking. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went and so back so to it went from bad to worse. And we yeah, go to Yellowstone and we go in there and it's like the record temperature and we didn't realize not one hotel, no AC, no Yellowstone Park. They don't outside. They do, but not in the park now. I don't think so. I think it's like a green thing, you know, like it's, it's legitimately like it's a like philosophy a of life. And so we get there and they said, there's no air conditioning. I'm like, no air conditioning? And we walked in. What what happened? We walk in. The, yeah, heater, the heater, heater was on. Was like it was literally the blasting position. heat. It was like 120 degrees in there. So it was like yeah. 100 outside and 120 inside. And, and the you main traveled area. with a curtain. Yeah, like a puppet stage. Yeah, we brought part yeah. of the church puppet stage with us, the stands and everything, and we'd get a, a single hotel room, like with two beds, and we put you on one side, and we'd angle the curtain so that the TV was on our side, so you could watch, so TV. we could watch TV, yeah. and you guys had to go to bed. Yeah. And literally every hotel, I'd get out, I'd unload the puppet stage, bring it in, set it up. And that's then, a pastor thing. That's a pastor oh, yeah. thing. Puppet Absolutely. Stage. So then, on our thirteenth birthday, that's where we. Uh, had a group of men. A couple different things. Yeah. yeah. So we had an affirmation thing where we'd get a group of men that uh, were in the church that you knew, you picked them, like youth pastor, kids pastor, different staff, uh, different leaders, and we had a birthday party for you. And then they spoke in your life and they gave you one like warning from their life and then uh, one word of advice and, you know, a value and a quality that they saw in you. Mm -hmm. Do you guys, what was your impression of that moment? I remember we were in the four and five year old preschool room. Yeah. And with pizza. Uh, with, yeah. And I, I just remember, I don't know that I really remember the content of what was said at the time. Like it wasn't like this one thing, but I just remember knowing that, wow, the, these men believe in me and want me to do well. And it wasn't really about what they said, but it was about them being there. And I think you could recognize that. They meant what they said, and they really were heartfelt. And again, as a 13-year-old, I don't know that I fully grasped everything, but grasping that people cared about me. I don't know about you if you remember better than I do. Yeah, I mean, 
I think I just remember too. Shout out to Pastor Allen, who was our youth pastor. I remember that. Like yeah. he was just very passionate about some of the mistakes that he had made early on, and just really believing in me specifically. Of like, hey, you know, I think I think the great quality of having men speak into young men is like you don't have to learn through mistakes. You can actually learn through other people's experience. Mm-hmm. And so that was really, really great. And a couple other guys that that really got to share some impactful things of like, hey, you you can continue serving God. You don't have to go down the path that we did. And we actually want to help you set you up for success. Mm-hmm. And them even wishing like, man, I wish I would have had something like this when I exactly. was growing up that I could have learned mm-hmm. from. And so just remembering those moments. And I've heard people that have improved on this and they have people write it out. Mm-hmm. Like what's the admirable quality? What's the warning and anything? They, and then they hand it to you so that you actually have a collection mm-hmm. or if it's not too personal or people are willing to do it, you could just video it and then you have it. But I kind of like the printed thing to go mm-hmm. back to because, you know, digging up a video. But I mean, yeah, ju- I just saw Mark Batterson post like, I don't know, maybe a month ago that one of his kids, they went out and did that um, with a bunch of people from their church. And it just brought back those memories. Uh, I was like, oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then, then we did the missions trip. Yeah. yeah. So another thing, once they turned 13, we asked them to pray about a country in the world that they wanted to visit. And it had to and then we'd go on a missions trip there. And this is back, like now we do 62 missions trips, I think, are happening this year. But this is when the church did like two or three a year max. Mm -hmm. And I gave you guys the globe and I said, pray over it, pick a continent. And uh, you picked Africa, you picked South America. And then I said, all right, these are our missionaries. And you said, I think it's the Swaziland one, which is now Eswatini, and did that. And then you said, it's Argentina, which is amazing to this day. Um, we're still, we have a campus there, a location in uh, Eswatini, and we take care of the orphans there. And then we've done ministry in Argentina, and we're getting ready to build a new chapel on that mm-hmm. same yeah. spot where we were. They're actually literally tearing down a former Nazi camp building, tearing it down and turning it into a chapel, and Kingdom Builders is building that. So we're going to have an opportunity to go there and, and see that. So It was a father-son, so it was just yeah. us. Yep. And I remember in Argentina, the the purpose of the trip was to help the Bible school build some new buildings and some dormitories. And well, you things. said father-son. It was father-son, but we opened it up to the whole church to go yeah, along with us. I'm just yeah. saying. So like you it, stayed yeah. home yeah. with Connor when, yep. and then you stayed home with Logan. Yeah. yeah. So there was other people from the team there, but for us, it was just us two. But it, we were building dormitories and, and using concrete and everything. And they didn't know you. The, the Bible school didn't really know you at all. They just right. knew this church was coming in. And they said, hey, we saw you wrote a book and you you kind of are a good pastor. Would you want to teach in the Bible school while you're here rather than do the uh, concrete? And you said, well, like I'm here with my son and right. I just, that's kind of a father-son bonding thing. And I just remember I was 13 and I learned, leaned over. I said, dad, you're no good helping with this anyways. You're better off teaching at the Bible school. It's true. It's true. You're so, not very handy. So it was me and the rest of the team that were building and you uh, teaching. But uh, again, I think that's that's the way we've always... We still always, had dinner together on yeah. the free day and, yeah, and steak, you know, it was the slept only, in the dorms. Only place steak was cheaper than chicken. Argentina is a great place. But I think those moments were moments where, you know, we were able to see the ministry. And one of the things that I say to people all the time is a lot of my friends in school, they didn't really know what their parents did for work. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about ministry, but just anything. I remember talking, it, This it's like, you know those memories that are so random that mm-hmm. just stick in your brain and you don't know why? I just remember talking to this girl and 
I think her dad worked for, it was Echo Lab here in St. Paul. And I said, what does he do? She said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean? Like, you don't even know what his job is? She said, no, I have no idea what he does for work. And I think mm -hmm. I was in ninth or 10th grade. But that just stuck with me thinking, I know exactly what my parents do. I, I've, I've been with them on, I see them every weekend. I see them doing it. And I think that was a huge part in just knowing that it wasn't about us. Talk, talk about sports, activities, things that maybe there's a pressure of a lot of people to say, hey, I want my kid to be great at this. For us, we didn't really, I mean, I don't, maybe it's our athletic prowess just not wasn't five very- Five-star athlete We're right not here. the best. But <laughs> I, I do it, remember but. even as a kid, like we wanted to do traveling baseball or traveling basketball. And you were like, sorry, you can do in-house. Yeah. You said no hockey. Like it wasn't yeah. even an option. That was, it was like no hockey. Why? It's funny. On we went Sunday. to the wild Sunday. game the other day pro. and we couldn't even, you know, we're watching the wild game and I was thinking we didn't do hockey because it was, just took too much time. We literally said, if we're going to start a church and do this and be in ministry, we don't know where we're going to find the time for hockey. And we're like, you can do pretty much any other sport except for that one. You might've been amazing at hockey, yeah. but probably not. Probably not, but, but that's okay. But you coached, I mean, all when you started, when you were little, little. At the we, Christian school. We played soccer and No, but I coached baseball. like the club stuff in Lakeville and in different, matter of fact, Tim, who's one of our lead ushers, yeah. we coached you in soccer together. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? He still reminds me about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he reminds me about it. I coached Connor in soccer. But we, <laughs> we, we did uh, sports and we said you can do in-house. We're not going to travel the world. If you'd have had incredible talent on that, we might have changed our mind of like, all right, they're the best of the best in Lakeville. We've got to elevate this. But it was like, all right, they're in there. They're having fun. They're learning sports. They're learning teamwork, camaraderie. And we said, we're going to be at about 70%. Like, what would you say on that? Yeah. So we, we kind of laid down the expectations for you guys because we knew that he wouldn't be able to be at everything. Like a lot of parents are at every, every game, they go to every practice. And we just... We just said, you know what? Dad's not going to be able to be at everything. I will hopefully be at 100%. What percentage were you? Were you 100%? I was pretty much 100%. Pretty close. 95? Yeah. All right. No, I didn't go to the I practices, but to the games, I was there. And then we said, you know, Dad's going to make as many as he can, but hopefully about 70%. So then you would know up front, like, that he wasn't going to be but at everything. But you remember we also said, hey, the world doesn't revolve around you. Yeah. Like you're playing sports and it doesn't revolve around you. We're on mission for God and sports are fun, but it's not everything. And we're not going to sacrifice what we believe in for you to do sports. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Or choir or whatever, you know, and you were in like a select choir that had like 9 million concerts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In December alone, we'd have 30 performances. Yeah. And so it was just crazy. But yeah, you were like, I'm not going to come to most of them, but I'll come to the important ones. And yeah. I remember I recorded something on your like senior concert and I recorded a video for the church and I said, hey, uh, today I'm going to do the one role that only I can do, dad, and I'm going to go cheer on Connor. Somebody else is going to preach the message and you should be happy that I'm being dad. Now, I, I don't even think I'd need to do that today, but back when the church was smaller, it felt like I had to be super pastor. And if I was gone, they were like, where's Pastor Rob? Why is he not preaching? Where is he at? You know, but I, I gave a lesson, like, we're going to be there for him and I'm going to be dad today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't you think some of that, though, is you have to 
trains the wrong word, but set the expectations also for your congregation. Like there, you have to set your expectations for your family, but if you are always the super pastor that answers every phone yep. call that does every single thing, well, that's going to be their expectation. Mm-hmm. I was talking with uh, one of our team members and uh, she's getting married. And I said, you're not allowed to work on your honeymoon. And Great. she said, okay, but I was going to join the prayer call. No, no, no. <laughs> no. You can't join the prayer call. Do you know what, though? When we got married the first day, we get married on Saturday, Sunday morning, I go, should we go to church? What should, should, we should probably go to church. Like, we just got married. We should go to church. This is the morning after you got married? Yeah. And she goes, we ain't going to church. <laughs> She's like, we're going to sleep in nope. and we'll watch something on TV if you want. But And this is pre-watch online. Yeah, it's She's still like, hard to get her to church. She's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm a tough one. She's outnumbered. The three boys to the one girl has Seriously, been. Seriously, we had a, a female dog at one point, but she only lasted about five years. She you, didn't okay, die. you made us, she gave, you made she, us we pay. Gave, we gave her up to our we uncle. Paid, we paid for Listen. the dog. And then while you were on That's the global true. team I to Eswatini. I was a trip to Africa and I came back and we didn't have a dog. No, here's what she did to devastated. me. This was sick. This, this is, is twisted. Her, this is therapy. This is twisted. Just pour it so out right now. She, she goes, Wow. She goes, <laughs> hey, Logan. So this is right when the Nintendo <laughs> Wii came out. She goes, Logan, do you want the Nintendo Wii? I'm like, I don't know. I'm 10 years old. Yeah. She goes, you know what we can do? If we give Lexi, the dog, to Uncle Rick and Aunt Kate, then we can go out well, and Well, because they wanted a dog. Yeah, we can go out and get a Nintendo Wii. And as a 10-year-old, the dog didn't even like me. It hated me. It hated you. So hated like, both of you. That's it an hated awesome you. It despised him. No, it tolerated, tolerated And who wanted the dog? Me. It adored her yes. and we feared did. me. She was but the you one made who wanted us the save dog up and least. pay for it. Yes. I think he had 400 and I did 200 $600. The Wii only cost 250 bucks. And do you remember what we did but, after but, that? But, yeah, we were compensated. We went and we got guitars. Do you remember? I got told her. I said, you got the yeah, yes. that was it. You, you don't remember? remember? I said, no. I said, I that feel bad. That was the recompense said, for getting rid of the dog. They paid for the dog. You, you, you have to give them that. And you wanted a guitar, uh, guitar and you, you wanted, wanted a bass. bass. Yeah. And so we went to you the white store. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got you a guitar and an amp and a bass and an amp. And yep. I was like, all right, that was the money. So don't we're even. Good. Yes. We paid uh, you back. So and yeah, the weed. So you actually. Wow. Listen, I've been living. I've been living with that resentment my entire life. I know. I can feel it. I'm I said we have were you, too busy. Have freedom? I wow. said we were too busy. And if the dog even liked you, we'd have kept the dog. But the dog oh, hated, hated you. Yeah. I, I actually Yorkie liked too. the dog, it just, but yeah. it would you have did a, not. I loved her, but she'd have a nervous breakdown every time we left. And we were gone like 20 hours a I know, day. But then yeah. remember, she'd be laying on the bed and he'd walk in and she'd just oh, be like. Whoa. She'd be like, Cujo dog. Yeah. And she wanted to kill you. Yeah. We'd have to tell the dog not to kill our and kids. And you wouldn't ever take but her you, out for a walk. I, I but you let her to the Lord. You. Do you remember that? You let her to the Lord. I did. I do remember that. And we baptized her at Lake Marion. <laughs> I, I got to get us back on track or else people are okay. going to click off it was this podcast. Just real quick, though. They were like playing church and they were like, Lexi, everyone in this family is a Christian. And if you're going to be our dog, you need to be saved. And you literally did the sinner prayer just like I do. And I was but like, we were so he proud sent of a you. video like two years ago of he was watching Luca, our oldest dog. And he's like, Luca, I led their do dog you want to faith. <laughs> <laughs> And he did. He bowed his head. Bruno's not saved Luca. Is. No. All right. Okay, no. Back to where I was. So, okay. Talk about college. So college, did you want us to go into ministry? Were you like- We did not push you. Yeah. Talk, we, talk about that. We said, whatever God's call is for your life, you can follow it. We will celebrate anything and everything. We really, we were serious. Like 
we didn't know what you were well because you guys wanted to, to be do. many different things i mean I you wanted, wanted to be an, to be an architect yeah, that was the first thing i wanted to do yep and a musician, a musician a missionary a business owner a yep. multi-millionaire a baseball player baseball Base, player yep yep so we encourage you, you to want do to be? how is how funny is it the, the first I thing i always was wanted to be a i think you kind of always wanted to be a pastor i was yeah. a good kid yeah yeah. And you wanted to work for the church right away, and what did I make you do? You made me work out in the world. So I worked at Little Caesars making pizzas. Yeah, because yep. I said, before you can work in the church, you got to work somewhere else so that church is not your only boss reference. And you said, well, I'm going to go to work for Little Caesars. I think uh, a family in our church mm -hmm. yeah, owned the yeah. Little Caesars. And then I worked at B-Dubs at the Mall of America. Buffalo Wild mm -hmm. Wings, yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. I went the I retail. So did ready. you work at Bubba Gump? No, no. He no. loved Bubba. I, want, I applied loved, there, and, you they, and they rejected me. So, so you went to I went Buffalo to Buffalo Wild across the street to spite them. Uh, yes, yeah, right across the you mall. You went right. to Nordstrom the, right and Buckle. Yeah, yeah. I started at Buckle because uh, someone in the church. I mean, we so we had people in the church that were bosses, but I learned my sales skills from there, and wasn't really like my style per se. But I learned so much, and I made pretty good money as a seventeen-year-old, and. Then from there, graduated to Nordstrom, and then you I, came to work, work at the church, and I gave you a pay cut. Seriously, that, that was <laughs> tough. Yeah. I was like, "Wait, that's my full time salary?" Do you yeah. remember when you got hired Goodness. as an intern? You're like, "Uh, Dad, excuse me, as an intern, uh, the friend of mine that is doing custodial work is making three times as much as I do, and I'm an intern, and he's doing custodial." I'm like, "That's the way it is, intern. Get to work." Yeah. And we were both stacking chairs. I was like, what is this? And what did I tell you about working at the church, though? Once you finally came to work at the church, what did I say? I said, you're going to have to work twice as hard. I don't want to hear any complaining. You got to gotta prove yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because there's a lot of expectation on you guys, obviously, being our kids. Well, I, I remember early on there was a lot of people that would say it would get through the grapevine. They wouldn't really say it to us, but like, oh, yeah, you got the jobs because of nepotism. You know, and I think people who knew us really well knew that wasn't true. It's true. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not. What? But I did have to like. For Connor. But. Actually, our elder board was pretty strict about it. And I said, listen, we're they get in right now. They have access just like Peyton and Eli Manning did because of their dad. Uh, but if they're not good, they can't stay. They have to stay on their own merit. But we're going to give them a shot. And so we were worried about Logan for a while. But he but I really think struggling. I think there <laughs> I think there is truth to you can acknowledge that. Like in if for for pastors, I mean, there's probably a lot of people listening that are people who are wanting to work with kids, or maybe they work with their kids right now, or um, just raising godly PKs. But I think that's okay to say, yeah. I got them this role Absolutely. again with vetting. Maybe they're yeah. not on drugs or they're not like totally doing all the. <laughs> what are you saying? Saved. They should I'm be saved. saved. Yeah. Are you saved? Well, I, that stories I, are I for the podcast today. But I'm I think saved. he's aware of something. I'm aware of things. Uh, but do this. Go through the jobs. Where did you start? And at River Valley, what was your first? Go fast. What was your yeah, first? Yeah. Well, I was connections pastor at Shockby Campus. Weren't you an intern before that? Well, I was well, an intern forever. Like unpaid intern. Intern for many years. Yeah, like five years. Yeah. Through college. Uh, and then Shockby Campus, Connections Pastor, yeah. Apple Valley Connections Pastor, Associate to the Discipleship Pastor, and now I'm the Discipleship Pastor. All right. What did you done? I forget. I did 
young adults for four years, and then did you go straight from intern to young adults, or did you go I from Nordstrom to? You didn't intern. I didn't. Oh well, my god! It's like the two sons. I'm like, bro, I've been saving I started over part for all this time. No, but you know what? He didn't want to intern because he was making so much money. I know. At Nordstrom, I started part time at the church after working full time at Nordstrom because I thought my business was going to take off at the time. Oh yeah, you started. And so I told you, I said I'll work part time at the church for young adults, help out, but then once my business takes off, I'll go. But I realized there's a difference between revenue and profit <laughs> and i've talked about that before but i ended up joining full-time at the church then i did young during adults. covid i did digital for six months because young adult ministry got shut down yeah and then after that i took over influence and it was really just the network at the time and then oh yeah and that was like even wasn't even on your trajectory it was just no. that the guy that was running influence uh moved to california yep. and we're like i think logan should do it yeah you, you it's a hard role because it works so close with you and i, I mean i don't mean that in, oh that's nice like that because i'm an ogre you. no you're not an ogre <laughs> okay. but you, it's a lot of travel I mean, it's knowing expectations it's representing you and representing the brand right. of the church working with your books publishing i mean so it's a lot of involvement so i think that's why it made a lot of sense for me to transition. And also young adult ministry at the time was just kind of totally shut down on the college campuses. Right. And so it was kind of making use of my time as well. Um, but then influence has since grown to the podcast and um, online and other things as well. So, yeah. You still have something you want to vent at all? You, you're okay with your brother and his trajectory and your trajectory and I mean, I'm, I'm here. What do you want me? You want you want me to just throw it on the is table there a right slur? now? Like, is there a call for listening in the chat? Call one eight hundred. Like Connor Catterley. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, I mean we talked we talked about it. Like like we talked about it where there were times uh, where I was working in a role and it seemed like Logan leapfrogged a little yes, bit. Yes, it's true. And we had to talk about it where it was like, hey you're doing the right thing. The ministry that you're in is just different. And Logan has an opportunity. And we really had to talk about it because it, you know, it was not trying to be that way, but that little bit of like, man, I've been working here longer. I interned so much more. And now Logan gets to be on lead team and I'm just hanging out. Like, what, what are we even doing? So, you know, you do have to have those healthy conversations. We, we were always honest. Do you remember like, uh, you you were a great singer. You still are. And Logan was a good singer. And one day Logan goes, am I as good of a singer as Connor? And I'm like, nope. And you're like, really? That's not... I was like, well, no, it's you're, you're, you draw better, you do this better, but you don't sing better. And we were being honest. So um, we've always tried to be honest with you guys about what your skill sets are, gifts. But I want to I do something. I want to commandeer this for a minute. You weren't thinking of doing this. But I want to talk about when City Campus came open. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to give people a, a glimpse into this. Like, so Pastor Kirk was the city campus pastor, and we were moving him to Apple Valley. And I took you guys out for breakfast. And I said, um, All right, city campus is open. You're our kids. Do either of you feel like you want to, you know, apply for this? I said, I can push you to the front of the stack. Like, you'll still have to interview. But do you want to do it? And do you remember what you guys said that day at breakfast, like about yourselves? Well, I was just like, nope. <laughs> I was like, nope. You're like, I just, you're like, I don't fit city. I'm That's not, not my a, DNA. I'm not a city person. I love the burbs, you know, give me the target just down the street and all that stuff. But I just knew that wasn't my personality. So it wasn't a, it, it, I just. Yeah. Knew. So you were out. And then what'd you say? Yeah. 
I mean, I was at city campus at the time. Yeah. And so that was my, I was living downtown, right. totally was in that world. And I felt like I saw the person who was the associate. I felt like the transition would be cleaner. I feel like it, you mentioned the leapfrog thing. I just felt like it would be a little bit soon and would put that person in a position to not probably want to support and be on the team. And I felt like it was just not the right time. And so I, I, I initially, when I, when I knew that was happening, I thought, hey, that could be a really cool opportunity. But as I processed and said, I'm really young, I think Mac and I had only been married for like one year at the time. Yeah, and you said and it's not the right time. I just said I don't think the time it's is not right. The right time. And it's, we both yeah. came to the conclusion for the person who got the role. We were like, yeah, you're it like, just it's makes ben. the yeah. most sense. It's Ben. Like, mm-hmm. like, he needs to be the pastor. Yeah, I mean, I said the same when when Ben left and when when Anthony stepped in. You know, it was it was obvious. It's no like, and he wasn't even at that campus. But I remember that conversation being, no, Anthony's the guy, like for sure. And so here's another question: How did you guys catch the generosity? Now I'm interviewing you. How did you guys catch the generosity? Because like, even um, before you were married, Connor, you were so generous towards Kingdom Builders that I sat you down and I said, do you, do you have like a wedding ring? Like, do you have money saved up for a diamond someday? And you're like, no, I'm giving it all to the Lord. And I was like, wow, like you, you guys were so, you still are so generous. Mm-hmm. How did you catch that? I, I think a big thing was, seeing it firsthand at a young age like i know my first missions trip i was 10 we went to china um then after that going to africa and you just see what god is doing what your money is going towards and you're just i don't know living for something bigger than yourself and so it it didn't even really cross my mind until you brought it up where it was like ah my needs are met like i'm having fun i'm doing good stuff and it's actually kind of fun to see how much money I can give. Um, so I don't know. That was yeah. kind of for me. How about you? can't remember who said the quote, but I don't know if it was Lewis or somebody, but the generous person always wishes they could give more. And I think we never had a benchmark of true generosity aside from the most generous people we knew. And you all have embodied that generosity. So, I mean, I remember in seventh grade, when uh, it was Obama and Biden were running together and mm-hmm. Ob- or Biden's tax returns were released. And I think he gave 400 and something to charity. And I think you mentioned, I don't know if it was a sermon, I don't think you mentioned a sermon, but it was just in passing. You're like, my 14-year-old personally gave more to charity than the vice president of the United States. And right. this isn't a, a knock on, on him per se. Because almost all those politicians yeah, are like that. Yeah, it's everybody, yeah. But it was, yeah. Just, it was an example. And when I heard that... It was kind of the first time in my life where I thought, "What do you, really? Other people don't give in the same way that we do. Mm-hmm. They don't give." I just I remember specifically God asked me to sell my whole pedal board when I, I was a bass player, and it was worth probably a thousand dollars. And I think I ended up making twelve hundred dollars and gave that to Kingdom Builders that year. And I just thought that was so awesome that I was able to do that. And then to see year after year to where it's thousands and I mean into numbers that I, I look back in my goals journal and see what I used to give to Kingdom Builders versus what we're giving now. And I don't know, I just, I think that it's so obvious that that's the way we should live. Mm-hmm. And so it's not been been hard. 
it's almost like disappointing some years to where I'm like, I wish I could have given more. I wish we could have done sure. more. Like and, cryptocurrency would have hit. Well, I had one year. <laughs> I had one year where I, I had some good cryptocurrency I and I was on top of the world. I'm like, look at how much I've given to Kingdom Builders. I'm like, we're going to have all this money. And then came back down to earth. before he was. Yeah. I got to talk about a struggle thing. Um, Hun, do you remember the struggle that we had with friends with them because they live so much for God? Yeah. How many conversations we had about will they find a, a girl that loves God and the ministry and 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 friend groups? You want to talk about that at all? Like that was probably our biggest concern raising you. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't rebellious at all. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, Connor used to tell the babysitter, like, it's time for us to go to bed now. You know, like he's <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> you know? But that was like the the gist of the rebellion. So Talk about like when they were like their friend groups and then I want to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah. Friendships were hard. I know, Connor, especially you transitioned from Christian school to public school when you were in eighth grade. And that was a tough year because that was middle school, sixth through eighth. And everybody had been together all yeah. through that. And you were coming in at eighth grade and you came in at six. So it was a bit easier yeah. for you. But um, yeah, it was a lot of prayer during that time because we wanted you to have you know, solid Christian friends. And you did have friends from youth group, but um, I know that a lot of times they didn't invite you to stuff because they wanted to maybe goof off or do things they shouldn't, and then they didn't want you there. And so I think for me, that was a lot of time praying, just that you would have good, solid Christian friends and just so proud of how you guys went through that, you know, because you didn't... You didn't get caught up in the things of the world, and so we were so grateful for that. But it was it was tough, I think, for those years going through. And I, I was really glad that you got into choir because I think that's kind of where you finally found some good friends. But for a while, that was that was tough. Yeah, and I noticed that you guys thought and talked older than your friends. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, I've been to China. I've been to here. I've been to there. I remember one of you was in class and you were telling the teacher like, yeah, the Eiffel Tower is awesome. And then they're like, you know, showing well, you like, what, yeah. what happened was, it, was it you? That you yeah. yeah. It, was, it was my sixth grade class in social studies. And she said, take a picture of your textbook in front of different things you find in the textbook. And like there's part Minnesota history and then part world history. And so that was the summer where you were doing the million leaders mandate in Russia. And so we went to the Hermitage in Russia. I got a picture of that. Then we went, we stopped in Paris and London on the way home because I think there was yep. a conference you were at in London. Yep. And I had a picture in front of the Eiffel Tower and then a picture in front of Big Ben. And my teacher thought it was Photoshopped. And she's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, that was our spring break trip. Like my, we were doing ministry. And so I think two things with that. I think travel was one. You learn so much by traveling. Your cultural awareness, just the growth you experience when you mm -hmm. experience another culture is way quicker than it would be locally. And so that, that I think is one part of it. And I think is the other part is we were, you taught us just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. You taught us to ask for ourselves, and you weren't kind of controlling and saying, you have to do everything that we tell you to do. You'd often ask, well, what do you think God is saying? And so from a young age, we often were asking God. And I know, you know, your parents did the same thing for yep. you. And yep. so I think that was another thing that I try to tell parents who ask, well, we knew 
that we had a relationship with God from the time we were kids. It wasn't go through mom and dad to get to God. We knew that right away from the start of, you know, accepting Jesus, which I don't have a time I even remember that mm-hmm. I accepted God. I did it like a hundred yeah, times 100 in times. kids' church. But I remember there was a time we went to the movie theater. I don't know if you know the story that yeah. I'm thinking of, but that was like a key moment where I, where I think we realized, wait, we're different. Yeah, like it's the classic. You you buy the tickets for this movie, mm-hmm. but then you go and sneak into the other. Movie. We didn't know mm-hmm. it was a classic. Yeah, we didn't know that. <laughs> we, we we didn't know it was a classic movie. But we all we were like we were like super pumped to go see this like PG animated movie, and all of our friends thought we were so dorky, but we were just pumped. We're like, yeah, we're gonna go. And then we get there. And they're like, oh, no, we're sneaking into the PG-13, like, you know, the movie we're not. And, and we were like, no. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I bought a ticket for this movie. Like, you. They're like, no, they, they take it at the front and you can go yeah, into you whatever you can go to movie. any theater. And, and we, you, you can't do that. <laughs> and so we said no. Yeah. And, like, they begrudgingly had to go into the theater to watch the dorky they all, animated movie no no i did did they go no, i think yeah they did they I'm did pretty, yeah but because they were mad and then we never got invited ever yeah again. that was what it was <laughs> yeah. they, no they were mad i remember that i felt bad for you guys because i felt like you'd never get invited but i no, loved but your stood, faith in christ like I've that was kind it. of the first time that i remember i was really having to stand up in front of a group of people and this, say yeah this is like people friends yeah these from were church, friends from like, church yeah you know yeah. and it was we just were so sh- surprised and i remember going home like wow that was why would they do that? You mm-hmm. know, and just kind of sheltered, I think, is one way you could say it. But I, I would say it was more protected. It wasn't sheltered. It was just protected mm-hmm. from some of those things. And, you know, we would be around gr- a good group of friends. I had a really good group of friends uh, mm-hmm. from church that when I look back, we were kind of like rowdy and mischievous, but we weren't doing anything we really bad. We were, right. just, we were just teenagers and mm-hmm. running around and figuring it out and having fun, longboarding, you know, scraping ourselves up. Um but we had a good group of friends that mm-hmm. I think were close together um, going throughout high school. And some of them are still a part of the church. Uh, others are, you know, at different churches. And, you know, some have, have walked away. And I pray for them and, mm-hmm. and believing that they would come back to faith in Christ. But I think that overall, we we just had a, a strong, like, five or six people that were, we were friends from freshman year, really, all the way yep. through, through beginning of college, which was super impactful. Mm-hmm. So what about ministry now? Yeah. Like it's harder. I mean, on it it it's hard to think about the differences, but I think it's more rewarding in that we get to do ministry together. We get to see like it's us. Yeah. But also there's the the tensions of okay, like this is a job and dad's my dad. He was dad and pastor and now he's dad pastor boss all in one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's a challenge. Like I like having like I don't have a pastor. I don't have a pastor. You, you know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know that I've ever felt like I have a pastor. I've had youth pastors throughout. Well, because like even when you guys got married, I said another pastor will do your pastoral counseling for getting married, not me. I if you want me to officiate the wedding, I'll officiate it. But somebody else has to pastor you through this moment. Yeah. And you guys both did that. But you're right. And with a multi-site church, you have people you could go to. Yeah, and there's people yeah. oh, yeah, if I'm you not needed anything, you could go to them. I have support, but I I think like I've never seen like oh like that's my pastor. Right. Even it's, at another church, it's always been you. Yeah. And it's yeah. what do you think? Like when we went, here's a thing that stood out when we were multi-site and you got hired by Shakopee, and we weren't there. Like I was mostly at Apple Valley, and you were at Shakopee. You know, it was like. 
we're now a multi-site family. He's at a different location and we've got to figure out where we're meeting for lunch. And then, you know, when you were at city and were, were you at Apple Valley then or? Yeah, I think so. And then I'm rotating around to different ones on Sunday and we're like, where are we meeting for lunch? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it was a whole different dynamic. Um, well, even this podcast, I said earlier today, hey, we're all together, all in town right now. We've got to record this today mm-hmm. because I don't know the next time the four of us are going to be in town together. That's true. So even today, it's still a challenge. I mean, are there – the other day I texted you two just off like the family thread and I just said, hey, at dinner tonight, let's really try to not talk about work. Right. You know, and we have to do that all the time. And it usually doesn't work. <laughs> well, usually we're talking about life, and then that'll make us think of something in ministry. Mm-hmm. And then mom goes off. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just no. loses it. No, you. No. If what grandma's are you there, about? if grandma's, if grandma's there, there, she's oh. like, "Well, I'll tell you who you should fire." You know, we're like, "This oh, song was terrible," no. and we're like, yeah. "Stop!" And we're texting, "Don't." talk about this You did anymore. do that the other day. You texted, we need to change something. Well, when the girls are there, I mean, it's I easier. could talk about church too, but... And they do good. They do a good job as well. Yeah, but it's like, I, let's talk about something else. I think else. the biggest thing is it's just, it's just our life. Right. And I know some people, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you, how do you stop talking about church when you're with your family? Like, we need to know. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, this is our life and we love it. And there's good things and bad things, but we genuinely enjoy talking about the ministry Mm -hmm. and the church and even the problems, even the hard things. Like, you know, we'll talk, oh, hey, here's a thought. Have you tried that? Have you done that? Like, we try to problem solve for each other. And so it it usually somehow always gets back to to the church and to ministry, but it isn't a burden. It's not something that we don't like talking about or have to avoid it, we we do enjoy it. I've liked with your in-laws owning a family business, mm-hmm. you know, and all working together because you're almost like, oh, that's the same as them. They talk about it too. And yeah. so that's helped. Yeah, um, Mac and I talk about that a lot because we, I think that drew us together is that uh, that was actually the first Instagram DM I sent her was, hey, you work with your family. I work with my family. We have a lot in common. And Ooh, I, let's talk about company. Things. Well, I said it was. I said it was a business meeting, a partnership. Uh, I didn't say that in the DM, but which was, it was when I look back on it, it, was you took her to a breakfast meeting? Yeah, it was, you met it was, the first time, and then coffee. you asked her out to date on a date, and then you brought her over to breakfast, and we met her that morning. Well, I texted mom, and I was like, "Are you still over there?" Because we were right across the street having breakfast. Right, from when I you know, guys but they were spying. Just did like your first. I know. Well, Breakfast with her, right and away. then he brings her over, and I'm like, "Wow, meet the parents." Uh, you know, I was just, hey, I don't know. I, I guess that means I liked you, and like, her. But true. you got married, so like, there you go. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Anything else that you think about dynamic? Uh, like, I don't know if people know, but like everyone that is at this table, our pay is set by an outside board mm-hmm. um, because we're all related, and so I don't set your pay. Um, I don't set your pay, you know. Um, I set your pay. <laughs> She's on the outside board. No, she does not. That is not true. So She like, sets how much you keep. That's, that is 100% <laughs> true. I um, do handle the money. We, I, we speak into different things in ministry. I get your opinion. Um, the other day we were doing a, a little bit of a work away, and Pastor Kirk said to me, he goes, wow, 
I really enjoyed the dynamic between you and Logan. That was fun to watch. And I didn't ask him more about it, but he's like, and, and I asked Pastor Chris about it the other day. I said, what was the fun part of the di- dynamic? He's, well, all of us tell us, tell you what we think in just kind of, we kind of go like this to get there sometimes. And he goes, Logan just goes, and he said it was kind of fun, like almost like when you're on the stage doing announcements with me mm-hmm. and then you poke at me and then people love, Well, it's, love, it's love. like Generosity Accelerator. I can keep you on time and be like, I just need to cut you off. I, I think there is a familiarity for those. We talked about some of the pitfalls and some of the negativity, but some of the positive things in ministry, I think, is you have a familiarity that I can walk into your office. I can interrupt immediately. Like I don't try to do that, but just there is that familiarity where if I'm involved, sometimes it goes quicker or it might go smoother. Or again, I can cut through, I can sense, like like I've, I've tried to communicate with my team and even just others in the organization to say, I have privileges in this organization. I understand that, we both do. We have these privileges. Now we can either use those privileges selfishly or we can use them for the benefit of the rest of the team and for you. And so what I try to do is I try to be a translator between the team and between you to say, if yeah. you say something, they hear their boss talking about it. And sometimes I say, okay, he doesn't need it now. Like you don't need to like- he just read a book about it. Yeah. He's excited. Just give it <laughs> yeah. a week. But just like he meant, I want you- He tends you... to exaggerate a little. Yes. We always said what? pastor time growing up, what? whatever time he said he was at, it was one step before that. So if he says, oh, I'm just walking out of the lobby, that means he's actually in the lobby talking to someone or I'm just getting in the car. That means he's grabbing his keys. Like it's mm-hmm. one step- I was one step. Behind. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that I try to be helpful to the organization, <laughs> but then be helpful to you as well to where sometimes problems come up to you and it's like, okay, is this really dire? No, that's not really dire. Here's what they meant or here's some timelines. And so I've tried to be that way, the organization representing to be helpful, not to be manipulative for my own benefit. I don't know if there's any other things you can think of. I try to manipulate for my benefit. (laughs) Because, you know, I was like, I'm like, hey, here's a thought. Like, what do you think about that? And he's like, absolutely. I'm like, great. Uh, Can you just (laughs) send that out to me? No, what I think is, is... so fun is when you have a good idea, you're so excited about it. Mm-hmm. I love that, that he's so excited to share it. So it's just kind of fun watching how excited you it's are. Just about trying it. to get a meeting with you is is hard, is challenge. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, I got one like six months from now, super pumped about <laughs> whatever. I'm just kidding. Mom, what are things you think of as we kind of come to a close here on this conversation? Aww. Maybe we'll do it again if there's people that submit questions, but that'd be fun. But yeah. I think that my goal is just I wanted to do this. I've been thinking about it for a while since we crossed 100 episodes. It's like, okay, we haven't had you haven't even been on the podcast. Yeah, what's, what's that about? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I have asked you before. I don't think so. I think I have. Okay, be positive now. I'll build these children. Um, no, I, I'm i just like, and I say this all, all the time to him, but I'm just so proud. Like, you know, so proud of you guys, and how you've turned out. And people ask me all the time, you know, what'd you guys do? And I feel like, um, you know, I don't really feel like it's anything we did except for we tried to be real and we prayed a ton and we just, um, you know, just loved you and tried to encourage you with what you were interested in. We didn't, um, I think we said yes a lot. We tried to say yes to you and not be like overly strict or um, I just, it's just been so fun. Like you guys have been so fun. Like Connor, you know, you make me laugh like crazy. One of my favorite times I remember was driving you guys to school in the morning when you were in high school 
And I, I just loved it. And I, I remember I'd be like, it was early because you had early bird classes and I'd be like, I'm still sleeping. And we would just tease and joke the whole way to school. And I loved that time. But just I just couldn't be more proud of who you guys are true. and what you're doing. And I just am so grateful that we can be in ministry together. And it's just like, it's just absolutely the best. Yeah. So I agree. And years ago, uh, Keith Kraft told me like some of his kids were on his staff and he said, if your boys ever get an opportunity to be on the team, you're going to love it. And I was afraid, like, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to be with them here. I got to say, I love it. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it and think it's amazing. And the other day I was thinking about other families like um, the Grahams and the Collins and the uh, Freetags. We have a bunch of kids from those three families. And I was like... On staff. On staff, yeah. And I was just like, I love having that family dynamic. At, I mean, and I was teasing one of them, I forget, but I said, you should have had more kids. I'd have hired them all. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it, it's a joy to have you two here and to be proud of you. You are like John the Baptist fulfilling your uh, call and no beheading, but you guys are like that type of uh, pastor's kid that, well, people say to me, they say like, wow, like seeing them endorses your ministry and endorses everything you're saying. And I know it, we're kind of landed the plane, but remember when we were getting our loan and the lender said, you know, oh, we're trying to see what kind of person you are. I said, talk to my kids. Talk to them, and if you see a closed spirit, if you don't see a love for God, if you don't see that, don't give me the loan. And they were like, wow, because we believed in you then and we believe in you now, and we're so proud of you. So mm -hmm. um, I'd say talk to my kids, look at them and see how they walk their faith and see our children. And, and if you see the real deal there, uh, you know, believe in the church that we're building here and, and get on board. So, mm -hmm. Connor, any last thoughts? Uh, I mean, we say this a lot at the church is that we're healthy, we're not perfect. Mm, and I think, good. you know, that that was our family. Like our family was super healthy, but not perfect. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we had struggles and we had to work things out and we had to figure it out together. And, oh, maybe I wouldn't have handled it that way or even apologizing. You know, I think you guys were good at that with like, hey, I was wrong or I, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that and like apologizing to us. So... I think just really modeling that and not putting the bar so high that it's like, oh my gosh, look at the Ketterlings are perfect. You know, no, we're not, we're not mm -hmm. perfect, but we're healthy and that's okay. And everybody can be healthy mm -hmm. as a family. Everybody can lead a great church and lead a great family. Mm -hmm. Well, we love you guys mm -hmm. and we're so proud of you. Yep. And man, if we well, could do this over and over again. And no, it's, it's a privilege that we get to do this and, the last thing I thought when you were talking about that, Connor, is a lot of times I've thought in my life, like I ha we haven't had a ton of super deep moments of pain that have, you know, stuck with us that like have we just lived an easy life. And for a while I thought that. I thought we just lived an easy life. But as I look back, what I realize is I think we've just learned how to carry things lightly and mm -hmm. how, what, like Jesus says, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He doesn't mean you're not going to live a life of suffering. He mm -hmm. doesn't mean, you know, you, you look at the cost of discipleship, right? It's, it's high. 
And then it, even when you tell stories at conferences or we talk about the things that have happened, we've had pastors get arrested. We've had family members take their own life. We've had people struggle with addiction. You know, we've had all these different things. We've had cancer that has, has took, taken, you know, your dad. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's a lot of things in our life that I look back on and they could have derailed us. Mm -hmm. I mean, the church was broke like, <laughs> that one time too. Yeah. And we, yeah. The church wasn't going to be open the next weekend. Totally. Yeah. And so just things that I think could have easily pitted us against each other. And I know we were kids for some of those. But when I look at it, I realize, no. And, and, and you shared this at one of our young adult leader meetings. And I just remember how quick you were at answering it. Um, one of our leaders asked the question, what, what is something that allows you to be have longevity in ministry. And I know we've done podcasts recently yeah. about that. But the thing you said right away was you have to forgive quickly. You have to forgive quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen that to be true with all the people who were at odds with our family. Nearly every single one of them has reconciled to get back with us and we're good friends with them. Yep. But then also just those things that were super heavy weights, the pain, the struggles, all the adversity, I just look at how it was handled and it, it kind of bubbled up and then it just dissipated and, and the air came out of it. And so I think rather than a lot of people carry these these struggles around and these things around with resentment forever mm -hmm. and they carry it with them, you know, with the exception of of the guitars that I was not aware of for the dog, you know, that it still hurts. I'm, I'm I mean, grateful the air is coming out. Let it go, honey, let it go. But, <laughs> but with the exception of that one, overall, I feel like we've we've given things away. We've given them to God. And we've not let them continue in our family. We don't bring up stuff from the past. I mean, even w whenever you bring up stories at conferences, I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. Like I, I that person died, or that that person stole money from us, or whatever it is. And I just think we've you have carried it lightly, and you've passed that on to us as as families of our own. And so I just want to thank you for that. And I think there's a lot of people that are probably not in their heads right now, whether they're listening in their car or watching this video, saying if they know you both, that they've seen you carry things lightly, and you've embodied generosity, you've embodied a a awe of God that you both live in well. And so. Thank you for leading the way strong and excited for the future of all of us in ministry and many more years to come. And uh, hopefully people get a lot out of this episode. And until next time. Uh, you know, I just thought of before you landed. <laughs> oh Remember we used to do hugs and kisses? Oh, <laughs> we would. We'd put Connor We're between, not going to reenact. I know. We'd put <laughs> Connor here and Logan there so that Beck and I would kiss each of their cheeks and and kiss our and, and they would say, roll their eyes and we, we knew they loved like, it. We love you, hugs you know what's and funny kisses. Is I do that with Beckham. Hugs and, and kisses. Alexia, we go. Aww. I'll smother you with kisses, and we just Aww. hugs and kisses. But anyways, it's cute now. Though. I was like Sweet. perfectly landing the you plane. Landing it. And, and then I threw in hugs and kisses. I threw in hugs and kisses. All right, Aunt, land it. What do you want to say? There it goes. That's the episode. That's a wrap. The gear was down, and then you pulled back up. But it was funny. Thanks for talking, church, everyone. <laughs>